friends, and welcome to season two of the Bella Grace podcast. The mission of Bella Grace is to empower you to embrace the beautiful grace found in recovering your authentic self. It is easy to get caught up in life and just get swept away by the currents of this life. And before you know it, you have drifted off course and you can't pinpoint how you got where you are. We start living life on autopilot and just take each day in survival mode, but that doesn't have to be how your story goes. This month, we are talking all about dry January. I woke up in a horrible mood this morning. I have had a pretty emotionally rocking couple of weeks. My life has been shaken by some life-changing news. It's also the anniversary of my fian- my first fiance's accidental overdose and subsequent ICU stay and death. And I'm generally feeling overwhelmed and not really feeling like doing much, but sitting on the sofa under the covers. I almost skipped this week's episode, but I remembered what this episode was about, and I decided to take my own advice and use the tools that I know work to get myself through this emotional slump of a day. It's okay to have bad days. It's not okay to let them rule your life and become normal. So this is me being real and bringing you the tools that I know can help you make your dry January meaningful and can help you pull yourself out of a bad day to make that day meaningful too. I know Dry January has grown in popularity and the Sober Curious movement is making an impact all over the world. So I wanted to take a minute to give some tips for making your Dry January a success. Everyone has a different reason for choosing to do a Dry January and we talk about why Dry January is a good idea in episode 2-1, but here are a few that I hear most often. It is a chance to reset, a chance to check in and make sure you don't have a drinking problem. It can be a liver detox. It can help you lose weight and to start the year off with a clear mindset. Whatever your reason, whatever reason you've chosen to take a dry January um, from drinking. Side note, you could also be doing a dry January for things like sugar, worry, stress, Netflix. The possibilities are endless, but for simplicity's sake, I'll just refer to dry January as it pertains to booze. Um, But why not use it as a time to rediscover yourself, learn what you truly enjoy doing, uh, reawaken your sleeping passions, and learn new ways to cope with life's lemons, or learn new ways to have fun that don't center around booze. So I'm going to give you three ways to make your dry January meaningful. The first one is journaling. Each time you feel like drinking, document what is driving your desire to drink. This is important because if your drinking is related to work stress, family stress, loneliness, boredom, or other negative triggers, you can begin to try to find ways to lessen the negative components of life, thus lowering your need to drink overall. Journaling exercises will help you become aware of the stressors in your life and formulate a plan for lessening them. 
This might look like realizing that you feel the need to drink after work when you've had to spend a great deal of time playing catch up or when you are working on a team project with a particular coworker. <laughs> I've been there. Um, realizing this, you can implement actions to help lower your stress level. For example, if you've been feeling overwhelmed because you're constantly feeling behind, try implementing block scheduling into your routine. With this technique, you have specific blocks of time to do specific tasks throughout the day. This allows you to be hyper-focused on one task for a specific amount of time. So there are studies out there that show that this helps the brain block out other distractions because you know there's break time coming up soon. So what does this look like in practice? It looks like having the first 30 minutes of your day dedicated to going through emails and responding to the most urgent first. It means silencing your cell phone and notifications during this dedicated work time so that you can get more done. If you're worried about missing important or emergency phone calls, you can always set certain people as important on your phone and they will be able to bypass your do not disturb feature. This can sometimes be a problem for me when I'm on client calls because my daughter automatically bypasses my do not disturb feature and I'll be on Zoom and then all of a sudden the call goes muted <laughs> because she's calling. Um, so anyway, journaling can also be an outlet for things you can't say out loud because if we're honest, we all think things that we probably don't want others to hear. A journal is a great place to put these thoughts. When my fiance died January 15th of 2011, he had spent seven days in the ICU. We spent seven days praying for a miracle. Um, he had mixed an over-the-counter acetaminophen product with an extremely potent opiate. He had strep throat and a severely depleted immune system. The combination caused him to stop breathing. When I found him, he was unresponsive. It took about 45 minutes for the EMS team to intubate him and administer the Narcan. Unfortunately, the brain damage caused by the lack of oxygen and the later spreading of his strep to his bloodstream and lungs led to brain death. After exactly seven days, um, he was Exactly seven days after he was admitted to the ER, uh, we made the choice to take him off life support and donate his organs. This week, January 8th through the 15th, is what I refer to as the anniversary of Hell Week. It was the week from hell. It was a week of being angry at God, angry at my fiance, angry at myself, angry at doctors, heartbroken, and just plane broken into a million pieces. His parents, our families, and our friends spent that week praying, talking, and just holding each other as each test, each poke and prod, each decision was made. But it was in the quiet moments that I realized how powerful journaling is. If you look back at my journal from the first few days, it was pleading notes to my fiance and to God. As the day passed and the days passed and the impending doom became a reality, my journal writings became more of just a scribble pad. 
I would just write words, phrases. Sometimes I would just scribble black circles <laughs> in my rage. But the mere act of getting my emotions out on the page helped me to process them. As time passed, I journaled more, sentences came, um, solutions came, and I formulated a plan on how to get through the days and the months that followed his death. Sometimes my journal entries simply consisted of my plan for the day, get up, shower, put on clothes. Sometimes that was literally all I could do. Some days my friends would find me in the shower, unable to get out on my own. But instead of getting down on myself for not making it all the way through to putting on clothes, instead I would journal about what caused the breakdown and what I could do differently. Eventually I realized that showering in our bathroom wasn't a good idea. It brought up too many emotions. So I started showering in the other bathroom. Journaling may feel uncomfortable or weird at first if you've never done it, but I always suggest that you just start with a word. Write down the first word that comes to mind and then scribble out thoughts and phrases until you get to the reason why you're feeling the way that you do. Just let it be a brain dump. Number two for making your dry January meaningful is to do something fun. As adults, it can be hard to carve out time to do fun things. When I say fun, I don't mean a prayer engagement or something on the schedule already. I mean, do something that truly brings you joy, something that you truly enjoy. What sets your soul on fire? Is it photography? Is it nature walks, cooking, hunting, drawing, sitting in the grass and reading a book, painting, throwing darts, whatever it is. When you get the urge to drink, do something fun instead. During my dry January, I am fasting fear, worry, and white flour carbs. (laughs) Very specific, I know. But I do the Mediterranean diet, so um, whole wheat carbs and whole grain carbs are still okay for me. Um, But that's just a personal choice. So when these emotions or cravings start to kick in, I divert my attention to something I enjoy doing instead. If you haven't done my six-week course, you should. This exercise is actually something that we do in the course. Uh, We think back to when you were a child and remember what used to bring you true childlike joy, and we make a plan for making those things a part of your everyday life again. I cannot tell you how important it is to Do things that bring you joy and to know what those things are and to have them a regular part of your life. So like I said, today has been an especially poopy day for me. So as soon as I'm done recording this episode, I'm tossing on the running shoes. I'm putting the dog's leash on and heading out for a long walk until it's time to pick up the kiddo from school. I know that there are insane benefits in getting sunlight and fresh air on my face. I know that nature walks soothe my soul. I told you I was seriously contemplating curling up on the couch and hiding under a blanket, but I remembered my own advice and here I am pouring into you all because that brings me incredible joy and then going out for a walk because that brings me joy too. I always say my principles, my um, my morals, 
My compass for life is fun, family, friends, and freedom. Um, And so the fun part is actually getting out and having fun exploring. And the freedom part is helping others find freedom from the things that are holding them back. So here is me doing two of the things that I hold most near and dear to my heart. So I ask you, what sets your soul on fire? What is it? What is like a salve to your soul? What brings you peace in the chaos? If you can't answer that question, then why not use the next few weeks to rediscover that for yourself so that for the rest of the year, you can turn to these joy-giving things instead of turning to booze. All right, last but not least for making your dry January meaningful goes hand in hand with number two. It's join a social group or socialize. We all have things that we enjoy doing, and there are countless groups out there that are filled with other people with the same interests. I truly believe that we were made for community, and living in solitude only amplifies the negative self-talk, obsessing over what you can't do during dry January, and can leave you feeling isolated. So I want to encourage you to go out and hang out with people in a setting that doesn't involve alcohol. Go skating, walking around the park, join a cooking class, take a ballroom dancing class, maybe a bird watching class. Many of the parks and recs departments have a list of community classes that they offer that revolve around many of the popular hobbies out there. So why not give it a try? If you live in Dallas, I believe it's like DallasParksAndRec.org or something. But if you just Google your city plus Parks and Rec, it will come up. Um, Remember, dry January should be about rediscovering yourself, learning about yourself, and above all else, a chance to grow as a human. I hope these three tips, sorry, my brain and my mouth have not been communicating very well today. (laughs) I hope that these three tips, journaling, finding what brings you joy, and socializing will help you make your dry January more meaningful. I also hope that these tips will be useful to you throughout the rest of the year to help you stay sober, drink less by having other outlets for your emotions. Um, So if you're interested in my six-week course that I mentioned, the link is in the show notes, or you can find it at bellagracecoaching.com forward slash the dash course. Bella Grace is spelled B-E-L-L-A. G-R-A-Y-C-E. As always, be well, be kind, and may you find some joy this week. Bye.